Good afternoon. How's everybody doing out there today? My name is Lady McLeod and I'm going to be your host for our broadcast tonight. I'm so glad that you're here, that you decided to sit in tonight, wherever you are. I pray that you scoot up to your um, camera and listen intently because I'm going to share some things with you tonight. I think it's going to be a blessing to your life. And I just want to talk to you for a little bit and we're going to get started. Um, before we get started, let's just go ahead and um, pray. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for this opportunity that we can come before you to share your word, to share your goodness, to share Jesus with the world. Father, we thank you. We just bless your holy name. We give you the praise, the honor, and glory for all that you're going to do tonight. Father, I pray that your spirit would just hover over this meeting every home that's represented here, every family, Father, that you would just hover over their homes and that your spirit will have free course in the lives of your people tonight. And Father, we give you the praise, the honor, and glory. We thank you. We take authority over demonic activity. We bind the enemy in Jesus' name, and we thank you for freedom tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. So tonight, I'm going to talk about something that is really dear to my heart. I think it will really bless you if you just kind of listen up. We're going to talk a little bit tonight about the power of perseverance. The power of perseverance. The power to continue. The power to stand. So listen up. We're going to get right into it. I'm going to go ahead and give you the introduction that I have here. God can bless us in ways that we don't even understand. Even with this pandemic, many have been hurt, lost jobs, and some have even lost loved ones. This is why we must not focus on what we see, because what we see is and has always been subject to change. God is blessing us doing a lot of ups and downs when we're happy, when we're sad. And we can't always see them too often. So we become distracted by what we see in the natural. Most of the time, we get weary. We get tired of standing. Did you know that you cannot be defeated if you don't quit? But you cannot win if you stop. Galatians 6, 9 tells us to be not weary in well-doing. For we shall reap in due season if we don't do what? If we faint not. And when we talk about fainting, we're talking about losing hope. So tonight I want to share with you the benefits of the power of perseverance. What exactly is perseverance? Think about that for a minute. When you think about perseverance, what comes to mind? What's the first thing that pops into your mind? I would like to submit this to you. Perseverance is a continued effort to do. Repeat that after me. Say, it is a continued effort to do. Or achieve something to despite, in spite of difficulties, failure, or opposition. So when we're talking about per perseverance, we're really talking about standing in the midst of opposition, not giving up, not quitting, 
standing firm on what you believe in the word of God, in spite of what opposition you have before you. So let's go, if we will. We're going to get ready to go into the Bible. I'm going to give you just some examples of something that I've seen as I was, you know, just studying and listening, just trying to um, put scriptures with what I know is real, um, things that I have lived in my own personal life. Um, so we're going to go, the first story that we're going to go to, we're going to go to Genesis 37. And this is a very familiar story. Now, some of you may, and if you don't, I want you to follow along with me, but some of you may know the story of Joseph. You know, we hear Joseph the multi, you know, the many colored coat. We hear musicals with that. So it's kind of like one of the things that we may be familiar with. But we're going to start here. Joseph went through a lot. So we're going to kind of look at his life. And the reason I wanted to look at him, because some of the things that he has gone through, if we didn't go through the exact same thing, I guarantee you, there are some things that he went through that you will feel today. Now, Joseph was the youngest son. Um, of course, you know that. And he was a favorite with his father. And, and I believe it was because he was the youngest. His dad was so old when he was born. Um, but he had a lot of brothers. And um, David was a dreamer. And so because he was a dreamer, he just talked about everything that, that he um, saw in his dreams. And he wanted to portray it out to his brothers. And some of his dreams pretty much kind of conflicted with what they wanted to hear. Because one of the dreams that he was actually talking about was how, you know, he was going to be ruled over them and they were going to uh, uh, be submitted to, sub subjected to him in some form. And of course that angered, angered his brothers. And so we're going to pick it up right here um, in verse, let's, let's start at verse 18. Genesis 37 verse 18. It said, and when they saw him from afar, even before he came near to them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said to one another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him. Let us cast him into the pit. And we'll say, Some evil beast has devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams then. So Joseph was a dreamer. And so they were conspiring. They saw him coming. And now, now this is the thing here. And it says, and Reuben heard it. Now, Reuben was one of the brothers as well. It says he heard it and he delivered him out of their hands. He said, let's don't kill him. So Reuben kind of was like secretly planning maybe to not have, have Joseph killed. But maybe, you know, at some point, um, let's go back. And, you know, I'm going to sneak back and get him. And so... You know, when you look at it, his brothers, family, how many of us have had very close people in our families to be some of the ones that cause a lot of the hurt or a lot of the pain, the ones that we trust, the ones that we um, spend time with, the ones that we have maybe put our heart and soul and our life into. So this, this is what um, Joseph is dealing with right now. Now, you may not have been put in a pit, but it said... Um, Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of the hands, and he said, don't kill him. And Reuben said, let's don't shed any blood. Let's, let's just put him in the pit. 
So Reuben's plan was to come back and get Joseph, Joseph out of the pit. So when it come to pass that Joseph, Joseph had come into his brothers, they stripped him of his coat and they cast him into the pit. And, 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 and it says the pit was empty. And of course, you know the, the whole story here. But now, even in the midst of this, it says Judah stepped up and said, let's don't kill him. Let's sell him. So you got, you know, kind of half-hearted, you know, Judah kind of act like he was on board with not really hurting Joseph. How many of you know you got family members that kind of say one thing but mean something else? So um, this is what was happening here. Let's don't kill him. Let's just sell him. Now, and it said that his brothers agreed. So they heard this band of soldiers um, coming by and traders, and they took him, they sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver. And the traders took him to Egypt. There, Joseph, now this is what happened when he got to Egypt. Of course, you know the story of Potiphar's wife, how she wanted Joseph to sleep with her, and she put, she threw herself on him, and because Joseph fleed from her, she was rejected. She was, uh, you know, just like downcast. And sometimes when women are like that, they'll do anything to try to scar your name. And so Joseph um, ran. But because of that, he was lied on and they threw him in prison. And so at this point, you know, Joseph has been, you know, thrown into a pit by his brothers. He has been um, stripped of his coat that his father uh, gave him and that he dearly loved. Um, then after he was thrown into a pit, instead of killing them, they decided to sell him. So he's been sold, thrown into a pit. Now he's been lied on by Potiphar's wife. And so all these things had really, you know, uh, Joseph had just really, really gone through a lot here. And I would dare say, how many of us have really had some of those things happen to us? It may not be the same like today in, in modern vernacular, but you may have gone through some really, really hard and tough times when it looked like no one was there for you, when it looked like you were all alone and you were cast down and some of the um, family or closest people to you just kind of turned their backs on you. So this is where, this is where Joseph is. Now, he was thrown into prison. And in prison, he was actually made a ruler because he did so well in prison. And he interpreted Pharaoh's dream. So he was kind of like lifted up, you know. But as the story gone, and of course you know the story, um, Joseph became like head over security, or head over um, the grain and the feeding. And there came a famine in the land. And because he had endured a whole lot, his um, his brothers, then they had to end up coming to him for um, to get grain. So sometimes, you know, you can go through certain things. It kind of looked like you're down on the bottom, but God will raise you up. And this is what happened to Joseph. In the midst of him having to go to prison, he did so well in prison that Pharaoh recognized it and lifted him up and put him in a place of authority. How many of us can actually say when we have adversity that we're willing to do our job, do what God has called us as unto the Lord in spite of and regardless to? Yes, it does not feel good. No, I mean, no, it does not feel good. Yes, it hurts. 
But in the midst of that, how many can look just us look straight in the face of adversity and say, here I am, but I'm going to do what I can do as unto the Lord. I know they're talking about me. I know they've been, they've lied on me. I know they've done all types of things to me. But in the midst of this, I'm going to do what I do for the Lord. And when you can do that, see, God saw Joseph's faith. He saw his faith. And when he saw his faith, it moved on God to move on Pharaoh to raise him up. So now who was at the, at the bottom of the pit is now in charge of all the grain being given out during the famine in the land. So now because the famine is in the land, his brothers and, and everybody are now struggling for food. And they had to end up coming to Joseph. And because they had to end up coming to Joseph, he was the one that had to look at them and say, yes, what you meant for my evil, you know, uh, um, and, 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 you know, they asked, they, they begged his forgiveness. They, they asked him to forgive them. And Joseph looked at them, and this is a really big thing, and I don't know how many of us can really do this. He looked at them and he said, of course I forgive you. I'm not God. I'm not in the place of God. So because I'm not in the place of God, don't fear me. Now, some of us will be like, bless my holy name. The Lord done raised me up. I don't have to deal with this stuff no more. I'm looking down my nose at you. You did me wrong, and I'm going to see to it that you get back what you deserve. Come on, y'all. Let's just be real. It's very easy to get into that position when God raised you up. But the closer and the more God bring you up, the stronger we should be and the more we should stand for what God stand for. The more humble we should be when God raises us up, when he does things for us and brings us to a place that we are now in a place that we can bless others. We can be a voice to the voiceless. We can help and reach others. God has raised us up for this. And God is love. And at this point right here, this is what Joseph is showing. He is showing the love of God. He is not showing what he'd been through. And some of us will make others pay for what we've been through. So I just had to bring that out because when you are persevering, it doesn't feel good. It does not feel good when you're going through. It does not feel good when you are misunderstood or when people are saying all manner of evil about you. When you know you have been wrongfully charged with some things that you have not done. It does not, it does not feel good. No one likes to be treated like that. But this is just an example of how God raised him up even in the midst of that. Now, the Bible says in verse 20, it says, I'm sorry, I didn't give you the scripture for that. I'm sorry about that. Hold on, guys. Hold on just a minute. We are in Genesis 19. And Joseph said unto him, fear, fear not. Wait a minute, let me make sure I give you the right one. Hold on. He said, fear not. But as for you, you thought evil against me. But as long as you keep going forward, God will turn it around to your good. 
as long as you keep going forward, God will turn it. I don't care what you're going through. Let me tell you something. It does not matter what we're going through right now. You know, we come out of 2020 and there was so much ruckus in 2020. All types of things were happening and, and, and you know, even with the election and then with the pandemic, then we had the racism, all the things that we have dealt with. But I'm going to tell you right now, God's plan will not be hindered by no man. That's what you got to understand. And he told us as saints to pray. And so if we do our part, God will raise us up even in the midst of adversity. All you have to do is just don't quit. Amen. So let's talk about, I want to go to another story here. And I want to talk a little bit about um, Ruth and Naomi. So I want you to go to um, Ruth and you go to, you're going to go to chapter 2. Ruth chapter 2. And everybody kind of knows the story of Ruth, you know, and um, how she stayed with Naomi. But look at the adversity that they went through. And I'm not really sure because as I was studying, you know, I learned a lot today. But one of the things I learned was that Naomi's husband had died. And her two sons were married. And then her two sons died. Now, you have to imagine, back in that day, women really didn't work. Like, you know, we have women in the workforce today, but it wasn't like that then. The only thing women did back then were maybe just a little bit of needlework, um, maybe some working in the field, you know, I guess as they wanted to, but probably not so much. But they were more of keepers of the home. So because you lose your spouse, which is the source of income, and then your two sons, which they had wives, but I'm sure they were helping out as well, now they're gone. So now you have three women left alone. Look how adverse that is. Look at that situation like today. How, you know, your cover is gone. There is nothing else for you to hold on to. It looks very hopeless. So Naomi, being the woman of God that she was, she looked at her two daughter-in-laws, which was um, Ruth and Oprah. Oprah, Oprah not Oprah. <laughs> I don't want to say that. Orpah. Um, she looked at them both, and she said, um, you can go back. Go back to your family, go back to your kin, go back to your land, go back to your home now. There's no reason for you to stay here with me. So obviously for Ruth to say that, it kind of let me know that she kind of felt hopeless herself. Like, you know, I don't have anything else here to offer you. Um, I can't have any more children. And if I could have any more sons, it would be forever before they will be, you know, for you to marry them. So it's it's like she felt hopeless herself. So um, can you imagine how it must have been then? That would shake the average one of us to just be devastated. Some of us have been down that road and we don't know where to go and we feel that God has left us. God has not left us. He is there. He is here with us, and he hears all of our prayers. 
no matter what your answer is, he hears and he answers all our prayers. Sometimes the answers are not exactly what we want to hear, but he answers all of our prayers. He's always listening. He is always there. So, <clears throat> because she had lost all this and um, she basically told the women, you know, you can go back home, you know, you can, you can do, you know, just go ahead and leave and pick up what you have and take it with you. Well, Orpha, she decided to go back. She decided to take her things and go back to her kinsmen. But Ruth said, no, I will stay with you. I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to leave you. And so she made a decision in the midst of adversity. There is nothing there for these two women. They don't have any income. And now they have to cling together to try to make what they have. But Ruth made a decision. This is ugly. I know I don't have anything else. I could go back, but I'm going to stay. Now, her mother-in-law, uh, Naomi had given Ruth an out. She gave them an out. She let them know, you can leave if you need to leave. How many of us would have taken that out? Some of us make our own outs. You know, sometimes... You don't want to say no, but your actions say no. You see, had Ruth left, she would have never met, and all of you single women know, her Boaz. She would have never met Boaz. You see, there are some things that you just have to walk through in order to walk into the glory. You cannot walk into the glory by sitting and wishing. You cannot walk into the glory by taking the easy way out. You cannot walk into the glory by always making it comfortable for your flesh. Ruth was not comfortable. She was gleaming in the fields, just whatever was left. She was not comfortable. She made a decision that she was going to stick it out. And because she made that decision, God honored her faith. And she ended up with Boaz. Can you imagine how many women wanted to be with Boaz? Ruth ended up with the prize. How many times have we been given her out and made our own? If she had taken that out, she would have never met Boaz. So now let's go on to one more story. I want to share this with you, and I think this is so, so good. And all these stories are things that you've heard in the Bible before. But sometimes the Bible says, put you in remembrance. Let me stir you up and let you know that you are not alone in what you have gone through or where you are right now. You're not the only one in this. The Bible says the same afflictions. What you're dealing with right now, someone else is dealing with the same or worse. The same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren. Why? Because we have an enemy. So we at some point have been in these positions. Now, let's look at the last story I wanted to talk about. And this really fascinated me. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Hebrew boys. Now, everybody know who the Hebrew boys are? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, we know all three of those. But do you realize, and I, I just have to say this because as I was studying, I didn't realize that their names were not, these were not their original names. Their names were changed by Nebuchadnezzar. So now Nebuchadnezzar tried to change. He, he tried to kill their identity. 
The boys were captured and they were given these Babylonian names. They were taken from Judah. These were Hebrew boys. Daniel was with them. However, Daniel was not with the three when they refused to bow. But in the midst of this situation here, you know when it just seems like everything is against you and the devil is telling you to do something that you shouldn't do or you know that God is instructing you to do a thing however you feel that you need to do something else. Well, I am here to challenge that tonight. Because when God gives us instructions, we have to follow them. And we have to follow with our whole heart. You may stumble. You may fall. But just don't quit. So all the way to the very end, these Hebrew boys, they were not bowed. And because they were captured, they were captured and they were to become captains. So even when they took them, they wanted the best looking guys um, from Hebrew, the Hebrew boys. They wanted good looking, strong men. And so they had some of the best men, these three boys was, and they changed their names because they wanted them to run things in the Babylonian uh, um, army. And so because they did, they were raised up and when it was time to worship the golden, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the um, idol, they refused to because they knew who their God was. How many of us have been put in a position and we wouldn't? We just went on with the flow. You knew good and well the Lord did not call you out here to do some of the things that you're doing. But you went on with it anyway. These boys had that same opportunity. Why? Because they were eating the best of food. They took them and they, they trained them the Hebrew like they gave them everything that they needed. Sometimes the devil will put stuff right in your face. And it's up to you to say, no, I'm not going to do that. This looks like the easy way out, but I'm not going to take that way. How many times have things been presented to us that we did not do what we believe that God wanted us to do? How many? Many, many times. Countless times. So we have to look at these examples that are set before us. So when the Hebrew boys, they told them they were, they were going to bow, they're like, no, we're not going to bow. How many of you would, would just not bow? Or would you just like, well, you know, I don't really want them to do what they say they're going to do because they told them, we're going to put you in the fiery furnace. And not only going to put you in the fiery furnace, we're going to light it up. We are going to light it up. All the way to the end. They did not bow. Now, when they got ready to put them in the fiery furnace, not only did they turn the fire up seven times, they bound them with all types of clothes. So, you know, you know, if you get thrown in there with all this extra flammable stuff on, you're going to burn faster. In spite of and regards to, they did not. They did not bow. See, when you don't bow, there's a glory on the inside. Let me tell you something. When they threw those guys in the fiery furnace, and I'm going to say to you, when you're going in the fiery furnace, when it looks like all hell done broke loose and you don't know what else to do, you don't bow to the devil. You just hold on to God. You hold on to the Father, and you ask him to strengthen you. You ask him to help you. You ask him to remove that burden and to destroy that yoke that's in your life. But you hold on to his hand and don't you bow to the enemy. Because the Bible says, if you expect, let me say this too. If you don't bow 
And if you expect to see the fourth man show up in your life, you can't quit either. You want the fourth man to show up? Just like the Hebrew boys did? Because when they looked in there and saw them boys in that fiery furnace, they saw not three. They threw three in there, but when they counted, it didn't matter how they counted. Three, two, one, four. There was four. One, two, three, four. The fourth man showed up. If you want the fourth man to show up on your life, then you can't bow. You can't quit. You can't give up. You can't throw the towel in. You have to learn to persevere. I don't care how bad it feels. See, your flesh is not going to like this. Your flesh does not feel good. So if you're waiting for it to feel good, if you're waiting for all things to be equal, it's not going to happen. You just have to hold on and don't bow. The Bible says in Luke 9, 62. Let's go over there real quick. Hold on. The Bible says in Luke 9, 62, if you put your hands to the plow and turn back, you're not even fit for the kingdom. You're not even fit for the kingdom. Putting your hands to the plow, you start out. The Bible teaches us that when we start out this race, that we are to run this race with patience. That we are to continue. The race is not given to the swift. It's not given to the fast one, but to him that endured to the end. The race is given to the one that endures to the end. So I want to encourage you. We are kingdom people operating in a natural world. If you put your hands to the plow, you, you can't, you're not even fit for the kingdom. Don't turn back. You have to realize that we are in another kingdom. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. And kingdom things come from God. Kingdom things come from above. The Bible tells us to set your affections on things that are in the earth, in heaven, and not on the earth. Set your things on things above the earth. Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. So I want to encourage you tonight. Don't put your hands to the plow and look back. Don't turn back. You, the Bible says, he that has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. He will perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. He is not willing to let you perish. His hand is on you. God's hand is on you. We have to do what God has called us to do. Say what God has called us to say. And live the life that God has called us to live. So that we can walk free of all adversity. Trials and tribulations will come. We can't do a thing about that. They will come. He said, in this world you will have trials and tribulations. He said, but be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Why? Because I've overcome the world. In other words, when you have to be of good cheer, this is something that you choose to do. I'm, I'm choosing to be cheerful. I am not choosing to be down. I choose to be cheerful. Does it feel good? No, but I choose. Amen? Praise God. I hope you're getting something out of this. Now, let's go on to John 14. Let's see if I can get it up. John 14 and 21. I'm getting ready to wrap this up. I hope, hope you're getting something out of this tonight. John 14, 21 says, When you keep my commandments, I will manifest myself to you. When you keep my commandments. 
when you keep my commandments. I'll manifest myself to you. Do you need him to manifest himself to you in your finances? Do you need him to manifest himself in your home? On your job? You see, there are promises of God that we just need to say what God says. You know, God loves us so much. He is just waiting on us to open the door for him to come in. Spend some time with him and let him in. Let him into that secret place. Don't you need him to manifest himself in your family, in your home, in your job, your career? Whatever it is that you are setting your hands to, you need him to, to, to manifest himself to you. Never in our, like in a time in our life now do we need the Father to manifest himself to us. We are kingdom people. And we have to be about kingdom business. The world ways are not God's ways. He said, your thoughts are not my thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways. My ways are higher. So his ways are higher. So we have to allow him to come into our life and manifest himself to us. Let us get ready to pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for who you are. And how much good you have brought into our lives, Father. We thank you that as we continue to persevere and to continue to get stronger, that your word will not return to us void. Father, strengthen every family member, every person that is under the sound of my voice. Don't let the enemy shut their mouths up, Father. I pray right now that you will loose their tongues, that they may be able to say and declare the glory of God, Father. Lord, that you give them the wisdom of God, that you keep your hands upon them, God, your hands of mercy and your hands of grace, because truly you love every one of us. Thank you, Lord, for the power of perseverance. Repeat after me. Say, I will not quit. I will not stop. I will persevere until I see the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. If you prayed that prayer tonight, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you so much. Bishop and I love you. You know, Bishop is such an awesome man. He definitely is a warrior. He is so awesome because he always, always fights. No matter what he goes through. This man is a beast in the name of Jesus. So, Father, we just thank you tonight for the opportunity.